Welcome to episode 799 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 799 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Top of the morning to you, Bevan. Top of the morning to the listeners. Top of the morning. Where's that come from? Oh, I don't know. The, the land, not the land of the long white cloud, the, the motherland. The mother, mother land. Atamario, Bevan. Atamario. What does that mean? It's good morning in Toreo. I don't know. I didn't know that. Oh, there's you. There you go. I know. Kia ora. There you go. I know. Kete Pihekwe. There you go. I Kete know. Kai. Um... You can go to my, that's about what I knew at the start of the year. And I know a little bit more, not a lot more, but you should do my course next year. Rangatangi? What does that mean? Rangatangi? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe made that one Making up. that up. <laughs> I'm talking is proudly brought to you by. Yeah, awesome patrons. Uh, we've got Philip, uh, the Black Jacket Calico. Tom, Commander Pyro Salbury. We've got Tim, the Superstar Carpenter. Uh, those are our patrons. Thanks for becoming a patron. If you want to become a patron, go www.talk.me. In this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got an interview with a legend. Cam Brown is uh, going to be on the show later on. If you don't know who he is, you'll find out later on. But he's one, I mean, if he's you don't know who Cam Brown is. Uh, if you've just started the sport and you're not a Kiwi, probably yeah, not. Yeah. If you've, if you've only been in the sport a few years. But yeah, I think 11 time. I'm a New Zealand champion. And is it 11, is it? I think it's 11. That's impressive. And multiple podiums in Kona. When I was looking at his record, I was like, man, he was on a pretty bloody good streak when he first started doing He Kona. got a second and a third, didn't he? And I think it was another third. Uh, oh, did he get three? Yeah, and then he got like a fifth and a, maybe an eighth or something like that. So he was, also um, won Ironman Germany, mm-hmm. which in that time, it was basically Kona and Germany and wrote, really, mm-hmm. wasn't it? So... Um, so that was kind of like the next best. Now we have championship races, but at that time everyone turned up to Germany. Mm. So um, yeah, he was a rock, well. He's still going as a rock star. So we'll get into that deeper on. Uh, Swinger of the week questions and the answer at the end. Okay, Jobbo, we had results, and you are a sexist pig. We both are. No, no, because you do the show notes. Last week we were recording on Monday, which in Ironman Cozumel's on Sunday, which is Monday our time. The race had just finished. We got pretty excited about uh, about Christian Blumenfeld's amazing time of 7.21.11, winning by 15 minutes. We got so excited by that, didn't even mention the females. And they had, I, I think they had finished by the time we were recording, so it is our fault. However, and slightly in my defence... At that time, there was if there is a few male and female male only pro races. That's a defence I'm pulling out. I, d- I think I actually asked you, was it a female only race? A male only? Yeah. And, and you said yes. Oh well, you're co-conspirator. Yep. You should have done I'll your take research. The blame. Yep. So anyway, a week ago in Cozumel, Sarah Spence took that out in a very impressive eight twenty two forty. Swam forty seven. We know the swim was uh, current assisted. She biked four thirty three. The bike was accurate and she ran a two fifty eight for an eight twenty two. So you do the math on that again, maybe add in ten minutes or so for the swim. Eight thirty two is still pretty bloody fast. Good question here, John, before you move on. What's AIT mean? Where is AIT? On the PTO website at the they got woman and then they got A T I O T A I T. So oh, is, that, uh, is that the guesstimated that, time? That'll be the adjusted Torsten sort of formula for the adjusted time, I think. Oh, for yeah. comparison to other conditions. Mm. 
Mm, that's interesting. Um, was the swim short? The swim was not short. The swim was accurate. The swim just had a current assisting it. Oh, okay. So Gurit's okay. uh, Frads Laralde was in second. She was uh, nine minutes back. And then Kat Carrie Carrie Lester was in third place in 8.36. Uh, so fast racing by the females. There was eight sub nine hour performances. Didi Griesbauer, who you often hear commentating on the race, I think she was leading off the bike looking at this. Yes, yeah, she definitely was leading off the bike, but running is not her strength. We'd interviewed her a while ago. Uh, at 3.46, she, she tumbled down, but still got 10th. And how old is Didi Griesbauer? She's, I know she's older than me. Yep, she is 51. There you go. That's still pretty solid 51 year old to go 9.05 Add a few minutes on for the swim. Uh, it's still a 9.15. It's still pretty impressive. Mm. And you wouldn't add 10 minutes on for the swim. Yeah, 5 to 10. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Question, John. Mm. And this is totally off topic, but kind of on topic. Do you think in our lifetime we'll see a sub-7? Well, this this draft legal one they're talking about, um, yeah, it's got the potential. But not, no, but no, no. no, like in a normal race. No, I do not. What did you have to do to go sub-7? Um, we've played this game before. Uh, I'd say, what do you got to do? You got a bike... You got a bike under four hours, which they're doing. You probably got a bike three forty-five, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then you, I suppose, you run two thirty. That takes you to seven fifteen, uh, six fifteen, and then that leaves forty-five minutes for the swim and transitions. So that's just a ballpark. Forty-five. The bike could be done. It's the run, really. Three forty-five and two thirty. Yeah, you know, like with technology and advancements. On these courses, based on these courses, you know, if you can, I'm sure you find something that's a little bit faster than Cozumel with no cars and stuff on there. I don't think it's impossible, put it that way. How cool would that be? Mm, well, we'll find out next year. Yeah, but that's different. Because mm. that's drafting, that's different. Mm. You know, like, I mean, in a real race. No, I think that's... Uh, We're still well off possible, it. but I think that is impossible. But did we ever think seven and a half was possible? Mm. Not when yeah. we first started the show. It's exponential, exponential to get to that seven hours like they're going to chip away at it now but seven hours is no not possible sorry move on oh really well, yeah okay what about fast racing at that race for age groupers crazy fast racing by the age groupers as well so i just looked at tyrone said to me the other day how many sub nine performances there were and it's like astronomical so i thought look at the old 45 to 49 age group sam guide he has one cone before so he is legit fast when I mean, 826 so in the 45 to 49 men's age group there was two, four, five sub nine hour performances. Let's see if the 50 year olds even did. I bet there was, let's see. 50 year olds, there was, God, 50 year olds were just as fast. Two, four, five sub nine hour performances on the 50 year olds as well. I was thinking Patrice about the other day, actually. from Canada went 8 45, 55. I was thinking about this the other day with my, I only did 905. And. I was thinking, if I could just be the exact same athlete I was then with today's technology, it'd probably be 15 minutes faster, wouldn't you? Uh, you'd be significantly faster. Yeah. Yeah. If you had... Well, let's go into that right now, shall we, Bevan? Okay, let's do so it. So what makes it for a fast course? Okay. First one is road surface. Surface. So I'm assuming in Cozumel and these really fast places, the surface is, is impeccable. We talked about this before, you know, you come to New Zealand, our roads are rough as guts. When we go overseas, it's like, holy Heaven. smoke. Yeah. And I just when I often on Tuesdays, I go riding um, just a short ride after we do the podcast and I bike out to my old home area of Redcliffs and, and Sumner and the roads out there, they've resealed them. 
and the difference in speed is just astronomical. Uh, so road surface makes a massive difference. Wind conditions obviously makes a big difference, but also the direction of those winds can be really important as well. So to give you an example, this Oxman race that I run over here and in a couple of weeks' time, half Ironman, um, quite exposed, and but if you have wind from one direction, it's going to be a lot quicker than the other direction. So for example, um, if you have slight headwinds, at when you're going into harder sections like gentle uphills that's better to have that and then the tailwinds on the downhills you can keep a very very high speed uh, so wind conditions play a big factor obviously if the wind turns 100% during the race then that's going to be even better yep. but if it's a consistent wind you want that headwind uh, in certain parts of the courses um, the other things that would help would have helped you, Bevan, the new shoes you know, if you were a responder to the new shoes that are out you know, that might be that's minutes yeah. getting off your time. But some people aren't responders, so it's not like it's oh, a really? given. Uh, the, yeah. uh, There's a massive variation in who responds well versus it's a bit like altitude training. And is it based just on their running technique? I'm, I'm not the expert in that area. Okay. But it's, it's, it's very similar to going altitude. You have your responders and non, non-responders. Yep. Uh, so I, I think I would be. You'd be? Yeah, yep. of course. Great. Yeah. Uh, and we heard a few weeks ago, you know, the improvements in bike setup and, and so on. Yep. You know, if you were on a Power meter. Yep. Wait, I wasn't using a power meter. Mm-hmm. Um, traffic can often help at some of these races as well Not, I'm not talking congestion here but if you're on like a motorway course and there's traffic sort of screaming past you then you've got that sort of suction effect and you get pulled along uh, a lot quicker and then obviously if you choose to go and do a flat pancake flat race it's highly likely there's going to be drafting and that's likely going to lead to a quicker bike time but it's also going to mean that you complete the bike and uh, producing less power as well so those factors if you Bevan if you went somewhere smooth road surfaces somewhere with good wind conditions you bought yourself some new shoes you got a new bike and a new setup you did a course which is next to a motorway and you drafted sort of fairly legally then, fairly, then fairly. you'd be uh, 832 well and even just having a power meter because mm. I, I know like in that road race um, and we had a bad day not, mm. you know I need to let it go but uh, but uh, I rode too easy in the first half of the ride, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and then I probably went too hard in the second half of the ride because I realised I made a mistake, you know. Whereas if I had a power meter, I just knew here's my wattage, you know. Like it's, mm. a, it's a, the, the feedback nowadays is so different, mm. you know. You had your heart rate monitor back in the old days, but they were hopeless. You, pa- you passed me on the bike, didn't you? No, no, no. no. Did I never no, see you? No, you never saw. No, I remember going into transition, and who was the guy? Um, Alvin, who was the guy? Who Alvin did, Cooney. Yeah, yeah, he Cooney? goes. John's Cooney. just up the road. And I had a really fast transition, but I wasn't trying to chase you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fun times. Well, fun times. Okay, other news. Arena Games have announced a world championship alongside World Triathlon and they're working in a working relationship. This is pretty cool stuff. It is. So we've, we've had a taste of the Arena Games. And what I like about this is there's an agreement with, with not world, tri- it's world Triathlon, not ITU. And these guys, they're not just being a self-proclaimed world championship, this will be official. And I think the cool thing about this is uh, I really enjoyed watching it. It's not something I think is going to maybe take over, but it's a nice add-on to, to the racing and, and well, building audience. Well, I think the big, the big difference this time is they can have a crowd. Mm. You know, oh, that would be co- it's going to be cool. When they oh, how cool is that? Because when we watched, obviously with COVID, they weren't able to have crowds. And it was still pretty exciting to watch, especially because we, you, the combination of using Zwift you know, it makes it a bit more of a dynamic kind of visual spectacle other than just watching people on a treadmill. So it was kind of an interesting race to watch. But if you had a crowd full of people and an atmosphere... And what I like about this as well is it's easily scalable in terms of 
Good getting participants go, yeah. as well. Oh, so true. you can go, you know, we could have our New Zealand championships and the top person from each age group can, can go to the world championships or something like that. So it, I still find it a bit gimmicky, but I do like it. But how, um, would you, how would you actually figure out regional champions? Because you're not going to have that right. many races at a pool with seven people. Uh, we just do it country by country. They, they did a, ch- a championship race in New Zealand last year. For uh, the arena top games? Yeah. Did it, oh, they're using that. Zwift and treadmills and stuff. Oh, so okay. it's, all, uh, it's all doable. It's so, the future, but isn't it? It's, you know, like I know traditional sports going to happen, but sports is going to change with technology. Mm. So good stuff. Looking forward to seeing that. Ellie Hollington sent through some good goss about Bloomington and Fredino. So first of all, Bloomington is... Blumenfeld. Oh, sorry, Blumenfeld is going to be an Ironman next year. He is. So he's done that fast time the weekend before last, 7.32. Says he's looking at possibly doing four Ironmans next year. Um, So St. George um, doing his sub-seven-hour attempt. Kona and maybe one other. And he's... uh, Mexico. uh, He's already done Mexico. So that was in in Cozumel. Of course. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. So he's all in for Ironman. And then he'll go back to doing sort of short course stuff when he gets ready for Paris. Okay, so Paris is 2024. Yeah. Is this a bad move? I don't think it's going to help his Olympic distance racing. Uh, whether it hinders it, mm, I think it probably will. It's good. It's, like he, he won the Olympics and he's awesome and he did win quite a few races this year. But he's not like a Brownlee, like he's not, he's so far in front. Brownlee was so far in front. Yeah. Brownlee could have probably come and done this and gone back and still been good. Blumenfeld is, he won in, in 2011, 2021, he was the best athlete consistently, but not by much. So I think he can, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think he's. How can, old is he? Uh, I think he's in his late 20s, you know, mid to late 20s, 27, 28, something like that. So he's still got plenty of years in front of him. So that's going to be awesome. And then uh, Ali also mentioned that Jan Fredino, there was an interview with him on Global Triathlon Network, uh, and he was sort of saying, yes, he is doing St. George. And we, we were discussing, is he going to do it? Apparently he is, but he's not as excited about it as he's going to go and do Kona. So he's going to prepare, be as well prepared as he can, but he said, it's not Kona. And I'm more excited about doing Kona. So, um, yeah, he's got, still got a little bit of uh, fight in him. And I think these uh, these Norwegian fellas are going to be firing him up. So, going to be good good to see. I tell you what, I wonder if the same person is going to win St. George and then win Kona. Be, well, that's what I'm saying. Fredino could have five wins. Mm. You know, could have five championships at the end of this. Mm. You know, Now, one thing that he also said was next year he's going all in and then the year after kind of will be his retirement year mm. and he'll just do the races he wants to do. Yeah, you know, he's just going to come to Oxman and uh, take his <laughs> <his own> triathlon <laughs> festival, see the Sky right. Challenge, do the New Zealand tour. He rings you every week, doesn't he? Can I come? You say, no. no I'm not, not having on the podcast. Yet. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Bloomingfield is 27. Mm-hmm. So it's, I just find it really interesting. It's an interesting move. We haven't seen this, have we? Not really, no. No, nobody's really done both in, in modern times, you know. Brownlee's, Brownlee went back and did pretty well at short course. He wasn't winning. But um, but that was past Brownlee's peak. Mm. But he, he went back and did better than I expected. Because what's a peak age for a... a, a well, it's, it varies. You know, there's a lot of the young guns are just firing now in their early 20s. But at the same time, you've got Vincent Louis who's, you know, he's probably nearly 30, I'd say. So quite variable. But Do it's you expect younger. him to go long? Sorry? Do you expect him to go long? Uh, it doesn't sound like it. I think he's pretty focused on Paris. Of course. Mm. Yeah, big French um, okay, so then we also have, let me go back to my show notes here, we also have coming up this weekend, we have 
Clash. The first ever Clash race. They took a hundred thousand price purse. Now here's the question. You're, they're live streaming the event, but you do have to pay. So it's either three forty nine or four ninety nine. What's the difference? Well, I paid for it yesterday because I'm I'm gonna uh, watch some of it. I think I paid three. I'm not sure. I think I paid three forty nine. I'm not sure if that was New Zealand or American. Um, so there is a small fee there. So you know, less than five bucks. I'm sort of scratching my head. Do you think the many people are going to pay for it? No, no. no. It's like I'm just think. You know, I don't know. Let's maybe ten. I don't know. I don't think they'd get ten thousand people no, paying neither. for it. Um, and the amount of income you're going to get is pretty insignificant. It's not and much hope for the be- race. Aren't you better off going free coverage and trying to get lots of eyeballs, build your brand, and get some sponsors to cover that short? You know that what you would have potentially got from charging for a live stream. So I was I was happy to pay for it. You know, if it's less than five bucks, um, I'm interested in it. I'm happy to pay. The user pays, it's, but no, I would have I would have gone down. I'm not pay. really in the triathlon websites and stuff. Is it well promoted? Mm, not really. No, no. Because the thing is, it's like. Like I, I've, I talk about how I'm a kind of a light boxing fan, so I like the heavyweight division because it's very interesting right now. That's the only mm. boxing I really care about, um, and I only really care about the big fights. So when Tyson Fury and Joshua and Wilder and those guys fight, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to pay. I'm going to get out of the pub. Yeah. Watch it. <laughs> but I have been tempted to pay and get some boys around here and have a day of it. Mm. Um, so I, that that kind of level, but they create boxing's really good at creating interest around those those events. Um, so this is nothing like you know in terms of comparing it to the PTO race, the Collins Cup. Yeah, you know, I've I've just I, I saw it see it mentioned from time to time on Facebook. But and the I, field's not. It feels very solid if they all turn up. Um, but it's so not Blum, rock, Blum, rock star. Oh, it's pretty good. You got Blumenfeld, Knut, Matt Hansen, Ditlev, Von Berg on the men's side. Yeah, Stimson, but that's not rock Finlay. star. Blumenfeld is, but yeah, but you need Fredino, you need Sanders, mm. you need. You You're need not going to get that when you're paying hundred thousand dollars is good prize money. So this is a, a regional championship. No, but what I'm talking about is what's going to make people pay to see it because mm. that field's not going to pay make people see it. Mm. You know, like whereas if you it was, it was Sanders. Fredino, Bloomingfield, um, who's, who's the guy, um, Gustav Eden, mm. you go, you know what, I'm paying five bucks. Mm. You know, that, that's what's going to draw a paying crowd. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but I pay for it, so we'll, I'll let you know what the coverage is like. Uh, so, so just in terms of cha- uh, Clash, if, for those who don't know, it's basically what Challenge, Challenge used to be in, uh, in the States, and so they've got Clash Daytona, Clash Miami, um, Clash Watkins Glen, I think that's a speedway as well, and Clash Atlanta, there's not really many details on there. So yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see where this goes, you know, we've had Challenge um, give it a crack there, we had the Rev 3s, we're not based in America, we don't really know how much coverage they get, Um but it certainly seems to be a bigger struggle in the States than it is elsewhere in the world for these other brands to really get a big foothold. I know there's regional brands that, that do well, um, but in terms of getting bite through and, and, and sort of getting international coverage, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go with this, uh, this brand. Well, they are getting NBC coverage. So they've got a press release saying NBC coverage will be happening for this year's Clash event. The only problem is nowadays there's so many channels. It could be oh, yeah. NBC 500, you know, like it's it's not like the old days when was it ABC in America when they showed the first mm. called the Colonel with Julie Moss. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I, geez, I want them to go well. Mm. And I suppose what do you expect because you're paying? 
uh, I'd just expect coverage that they had like last year. It's pretty easy to coverage that, cover those yeah. um, courses when they're on speedways. So yeah, good commentary. Uh, I thought the coverage last year was was pretty good. Uh, so if, if you just what I don't expect, you know, if you get shitty picture quality, crappy commentary, no splits or anything like that, I'll just turn off and then they'll probably lose me. I probably wouldn't go back. Yeah, that's right. One chance. Get one shot. One opportunity. One up, go, go in, man. <laughs> uh, okay, Ironman Western Australia is happening this weekend. Uh, I imagine it's going to be mainly Australian athletes. It's so. a, yeah, it certainly is. You've got Matt, Bur- Matt Burton, uh, Tim Van Burkle, and Steve McKerner are the top three seeds on Torsten's ratings on the boys' side. Courtney Ogden, we haven't heard of him in a while. Oh, wow. I wonder how old he is. Yeah, let me have a uh, look. I've, I'm picking he's... He's his age, I'm, isn't he? I'm, yeah, mid mid forties. I'm saying uh, it's got uh, two Kona slots: one male, one female. Fifty thousand dollars US paying eight deep. So the females, so you are in the money because there's only three females: <laughs> yeah. uh, Kylie Simpson, Kate Bevilacqua, and Sarah Thomas. Um, and Kylie Simpson is predicted to win by forty five minutes. So <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, yeah, it's. Good, we've got Ironman Racing. Not really sure what the travel deal is in Australia, where the people can move around too much. Last time the race was held was, I think, back in 2019. I'm pretty sure it got canned last year. Uh, Teresa Adam just lit it up with a 8.38. She swam 50, rode 4.32, ran a 3.09. And on the boys' side, Alistair Brownlee took it out with a 7.45. He went 46-minute swim, 4.10 on the bike, and a 2.43 run. So Brownlee has done some good iron distance performances. Courtney Ogden won the race back in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember interviewing with Courtney, he was a really nice guy. I think we right. even hung out for a little bit. But um, 49. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Right, he's having a bit of a battle on with old uh, with today's guest, Cam Brown, to see who's going to be fast at 50. Fast at Courtney Ogden. There he is. So, yeah, he's been a pro athlete for a long time, and uh, there we go. Um, okay, what else have we got here, John? Coming up this weekend as well, we've got the Exterior World Champs uh, over in Hawaii. Looking forward to seeing how Hayden Wild goes. I've been pretty pumped to see this... Uh, See how he does. It looks like he'll probably be able to get home soon as well, which is great. Flora Duffy's racing, um, and it's over a 1.5k swim, 28k mountain bike, and around about 10k run. Tough little course, uh, good field, good money, and great place to finish your season and have a little uh, downtime on the beach. I'm really interested to see where Flora Duffy goes after this because where, where do you go when you're the Olympic champion? You've proven yourself over Olympic distance this year. I think she she won the world champ. She's won but the what, world 2024? series. Sorry, yeah, potentially. But that's that's the thing. Do do you keep Apparently going? She? She's. I'm, I'm, pick, I'm picking. She's. I'm picking. She's early <laughs> 30, early thirties. <laughs> I've got one job. Um, and she's basically won everything. Uh, she hasn't, but she hasn't delved into long course much. She's done one half Ironman, I think, and that's about it. Maybe she's done more. People can correct me, but. Yeah, for her to hang on for another um, another two to three years. Uh, she's 34. 34. So she'd be, what, 37 by then? She's just so dominant at the moment. She could definitely do it. Do you want it her to go drive long? her to do that. I want to see her go long. I don't want to. She's proven everything over short course. Olympic gold medalist. Uh, Why is she I'd, so good? Oh, she's good at all three. Just, and she's just doesn't get ruffled. Uh, she's just awesome at all three. So she can come from any situation. If they come together off the bike... 
she's fine. She can outrun everybody. Um, she's often breaks away on the bike and rides by herself. She's front pack swimmer, sometimes leading the swim. Uh, so she's just a complete package. But, she but do you think she's like a really nice person as well? Do you well. think she could transition to long? Oh, yeah, definitely, because she's a beast on the bike. Okay. Absolutely. I reckon she'd absolutely smoke it. She'd do very similar to what the Norwegians do. If she can stay injury free, she does have a few injury challenges from time to time, and that can be tough when you go long. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we also got some seventy point three. Oh, just with Hayden Wild, he'll be able to get in now because one of my friends, she was in South Africa. She got stuck in South Africa. She had to go to see her mum, and hasn't been able to get home for ages. Once they opened the borders for Australia and stuff, MIQ opened up like crazy. Yep. So she got on day one, so he'll be able to get home. Uh, 70.3, a few races happening. Yep, we've got a few more coming up towards the end of the year. Indian Wells, 70.3. Western Australia's got a 70.3 as well. Florida's coming up. Cartagena in Colombia. Cool. Uh, and uh, that's about it for the year. Okay, we were just going to say that um, it does look like that Cozumel, Cozumel was accurate. 3.8k swim. 182 on the bike and then 41.46 on the run for Kirsten Blumenfeld. So, Christian Blumenfeld. I keep you are places. struggling. Yeah, Jesus creepers. Uh, so maybe, and, and that's just off his watch, his Strava files. So 41.46 is just, it's a little bit short, but maybe he didn't start his watch correctly. The other files that I've looked at in the past are pretty accurate. And when you consider the bike was a couple of Ks long, it's pretty legit. You know, for, for him to run an extra what, 600 metres or 700 metres, you know, it's a couple of minutes, it's still pretty fast. Well, and the bike was too long. Yeah. So, so he's, he's been cheated. Mm-hmm. He would have been a sub-720. Very impressive. Oh, unbelievable. Okay, let's go to this week's discussion. So this week's discussion, where is it? It is, first of all, what are some of the small things that race organisers do that make a difference for you? Lots of comments. This is great. I'm going to... Um, comment from a race director's point of view on some people's comments i'm not having a go at you everybody's entitled to their opinions here um but from a, when you look at it from a different perspective sometimes it's a little more challenging uh i'll go first reynard cormier says different bib colors for each age group awesome idea love it if i was organizing an iron man i think that would be gold because everybody enters really early um and has to they close off entries and you've got plenty of time to sort your stuff out for smaller race organizers like me just a nightmare because you have people entering late and changing categories and and if it, if it was just an Iron Man, I reckon absolute gold. You, basically, well, every answer is going to be an excuse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what no, we're hearing. No, no ways. No. Okay, There's a big difference between small organisers and big organisers. Yeah, of course. Um, very hard to quantify, but it's the overall feel of the race. If you feel those personal touches, like you're valued as an athlete compared to just another number, that can be done during the whole process of racing. That is hard to quantify that. Yeah. There you go. I'm disagreeing with everything. <laughs> uh, Ryan Bray. Coke, not cola. Agree with that. What are they? Cheap, cheap cola. Yeah, if you go down to your wherever. Buy the brand, mate. Buy the brand. Buy the brand. Definitely. And defizz it. Yeah, what was, there was one race years ago they didn't do that, did they? Oh, and they've had diet. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> a big That's mistake. a shocker. <laughs> Swanee Noah's got um, prize givings that run throughout the day as opposed to punishing late and slow at the end event or alternatively avoiding the self-indulgent entry, entry of Mike Riley where he is portrayed as some form of deity only to unnecessarily hold up the event. <laughs> so there we go, Mike Riley. Go. <laughs> Gildas Dubois says some salty food, crisps, bacon, whatever, at the 38k mark on the run. 
It's a good one because uh, roast S- salty foods. Good. Well, roast like like a feast. Yeah. I'm having watermelon. <laughs> you know, which did nothing for you, but it was so nice just to have something like that. Just because I've got to disagree with everybody on this. Okay, bacon. You're going to annoy the vegans, so we can't have that. Sorry. Okay, there you go. Uh, Kylie Cox, the hot chick. It's got stop spectators she's not bringing a hot dogs. Hot chick. She's the colonel. No, she liked hot chick. No, she's not. Yep. Um, spectators bringing dogs. Thank you, Kylie. <laughs> there we go. There you go. You She's even got John Newsom rent. Yeah. I'm just, I'll talk at the end of the show. I've, I've, I'm trying to be calm. The next couple of weeks, I've got to take some calm pills because I've got a few things that are firing me up and I've got a very short fuse. So. But you can't, how can you stop that? Dogs. Spectators of dogs. You shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> or you put cyanide down or something like that. That'll teach them. Do not bring dogs to you races. How, how do you, how you do just you? stop them? As long as it depends if you've got a closed access course like at the weekend. Um, do you have some dogs at you? There was a dog. Uh, <laughs> was it on a lead? Yes. Was it yappy? No, it wasn't. Okay. Um, but of course, it's where you can close access. But yeah, like most races, pretty impossible. But you can close it off in terms of coming into the race area, the race venue, yeah. you just have some people on. Uh, Marcel Van Campton, uh, have enough food and drinks for everyone, not just the fast races. Well, the worst case of that was when we did Kona, when we weren't doing Kona, we were just in post Kona. They, they bought bloody dominoes, didn't they? Mm. Post race, the big area outside, they had nothing. And someone just gone down to dominoes and bought lots of pizzas. It was mm. not good. Tommy, uh, I'm going to say... There you go. You disagree with that one. I know you, you agree with that one. Sorry. Yeah, that was a terrible one. Uh, great racing distances. Oh, getting racing distances correct. I hate it when a sprint try, 5K run, or is 4.5 or a 5.5. Commentators is, is a big one too. Get uh, a good one on the mic, and it can really make a sp- event sensation. I do agree with that, Definitely. being an MC myself. Um, get race results up super early. All the big events do it now. Some small events can take a few days, which really sucks. Here we go. Yeah, a few days is not really acceptable. <laughs> um, What's the delay? There's not really. If you've got a timing company, uh, there's not really a delay. It should be live. Um, I, like I had a delay at the weekend because I forgot to put the link on the, the website, but the link was live. Um, <laughs> okay, that's a but that was so my results would have been up at about two o'clock in the afternoon. From uh, so I thought that was still acceptable. Um, Stuart Martin Lawrence says, "Go see." Oh, oh, wait, oh, oh, just the commentator's key. It is key. Good, good music commentator, and and music. You're not choosing the songs you love. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, who cares if you love bloody Black Sabbath in the 70s? You, you're, you're choosing good pop music that the crowd loves. And every song needs to be a hit song. So like I have a playlist. Actually, I'll share it with you. It's called A1 Race. So if you're on Spotify, look up A1 Race. And it's a playlist when I'm doing commentary. And it's just hit after hit for all generations. Gets the crowd going. And next song's a great song. It's so yeah. important. It is. Yeah. Finding out good commentators is, is easier said than done, though, as well. And a commentator's job, I always think, three things. Make the race director's job easy, mm-hmm. so know you should. Mm-hmm. Make the spectators feel involved in having fun, and make mm-hmm. the athletes feel like legends. Mm-hmm. That's your job. Cool. Stuart Martin-Lawrence says, go see uh, Iron Man Lanzarote. Kenneth shows how it should be done. Daniel Brewster, no plastic, water bottles and paper cups. Totally agree. I'm really trying to push towards doing as little plastic as possible. Don't really know how you do that with the drink bottles on the, you know, in terms of long course races. Um, you know, yeah. Haven't got really got cardboard bottles yet. If anybody's got any ideas, always happy to look at this. Which is amazing you haven't because you can get cardboard for milk. Mm. 
they'd probably be single use though, wouldn't they? If you if you were handing them out on races, they'd probably be single use bottles. Yeah, but still cupboards. Mm. Pretty good. Uh, Roger Thomas Scott, friggin' Paul got porter potties. Lots of porter potties. Yes. That's unavoidable. There is. There's a cost there, and you've got to balance that up from I, a race organizer's point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go pretty. I go. I think I do a pretty good job. What's the cost? Uh, for me, for for toilet, it's about 150 bucks a toilet. Okay. So you know you got 10. That's 1500 bucks yeah. every time you add one. Do you get the ones where you can do the P to the side? Uh, yes, I do. I do like yes. the Peter side ones. Yeah, you know, you just you don't have to sit, you don't have to open it up. Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. Inside. Uh, Tim Martindale has got communication to the athletes. If someone emails before the event, make sure that they are replied back to. So much added stress waiting to hear back on questions. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Yes, <laughs> 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 Agree. Agree with your point. So, lesson for the race directors. Read your manual. Put all the information there. If someone asks you a question, that's information is out there. Oh, that's where my fuse starts to really <laughs> struggle not to ignite. So, yeah, I try. I'm. I'm. I don't actually try anymore. I'm pretty blunt. If somebody sends me a question, it's a one line. It's not. Hello. Thank you for your question. Blah blah. blah. It's like I give them. I give them the answer, but kind of in a little bit of a angry way. Yeah. Do so, you say it was in your manual? I don't tend to say that. I think you should say that. But, mm. you know, here's the answer, but this was in your that manual. That is one way to frustrate a race director. Ask a question that is really obvious. Do you think it's fair enough just to reply, look in your manual? <laughs> I really would like to reply that. <laughs> I don't generally. On Epic Camp, I do things like that, though. When oh, yeah. I know the people, it's like, ask a question. It's in the information. <laughs> um, Roddy Ho, Travis uh, George, mats over sharp areas or rough areas out of the swim, clear signage at turnarounds, especially on the run, courses that are in parks on trails. Agree with most of those points there. The more signage you can have from a race director's point of view, the less chance things go wrong. That's actually more compulsive to have. Uh, Steve Dennis has got more Johns. More toilets, yeah. Yep. Uh, Gareth Ridley's got adequate amount of portaloos. Portaloos are obviously pretty important. Mm-hmm. And then uh, David O'Brien's got keep courses consistent and clear. If you must change them on the day, then draw a diagram and put it up. Shouldn't have to change on a day, really. I know. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Ryan Bray, use proper drinking hoses to fill water cups. You can buy the caravan hoses from the hardware stores, which are meant to be for drinking from. They don't taste like hose at all. Yeah. It's a learning one for me to know about that. Silly, I don't know how to say your last name, so I'm just going to say Silly. You rock. Um, clearly marked courses that clean of rubbish, rocks, loud and assertive volunteers at intersections who aren't afraid to stop assholes who can get in, who can't wait a few minutes to get their DIY project started. Best of these, are some sort of law enforcement. I know there was a couple of comments I saw because I looked at them earlier on. One was around was around volunteers as well. And having triathletes as volunteers, I can assure you, that's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> so to give you an example, I'm organising a race, the Oxman race, um, and I think I've got to pay a group uh, for around about sort of 30-odd volunteers, um, and they'll be marshalling on the bike. I'll probably be lucky if I get five, maybe 10 triathletes volunteering that aren't racing. Um, and... And you just, I, I, you want to have triathletes in those key positions, but people just don't volunteer. Um, and it's the same people volunteering all the time. So it's easier said than done. And it is tricky when you've got people that don't know about triathlon, marshalling. It's not their fault, but you don't have much choice. What briefing do you give them? Sorry? Like for a marshal, do you give them a video? What, what do you uh, no, you, or you, you very hugely. Like I'll, I'll be emailing them all the race information. They'll have a... Um, 
a little info sheet with a little map on it and then the director of each discipline will, will go around the course and check they, they know what they're doing. But they just don't know like the little intricacies mm. of mm. um of when someone's coming at, at a really stupidly high speed to tell them to slow down and their their interpretation of what's fast may be different to what's actually reality. So yeah, getting volunteers is really tricky and God knows how Ironman stuff do it all the time. It's uh, it's an impressive task. They have a bit more of a budget. Yeah, totally. You know, mm. and so like the thirty people you got is like a sports club or something. Uh, it's just for that particular event. It's a like just locals and the Lions Club and stuff. Yep. At the weekend, just been I had a women's dragon boating team. Yep. Um, and yeah, huge variation there. Some of them are awesome. They're just so enthusiastic and cheering and and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But again, they you know that their job is to know. How many laps are people supposed to do on the course? Yeah. You know, that's a key thing. If someone says, how many laps? They've got the answer there. Um, but, you know, to ask them to go and help with bloody changing your tyre or something like that, yeah. that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Okay. Uh, any others, John? What about for you? Um, no, I think people have – this was a bit of good feedback for me as well. I think, you know, the, the, a few people have said, um, Nadi McLaren, having enough stuff and aid stations for those at the back – there's that volunteer fatigue as well, you yeah. know. I mean, I try really hard to make sure there is enough stuff there, but when the volunteers been out there for hours on end, there's it makes it harder, and that, that's an excuse. It's you know, um, but that's an area I want to keep working on. No, and, no, uh, a couple of other ones. Peter Colson says closed roads, um, and he he does say officials that have actually done the sport. Again, easier said than done. But closed roads, I'd love to have closed. I had closed roads at the weekend, uh, and that was only a five k stretch. God knows what it would cost to do more than that. Yeah. Uh, and this was on an industrial road, so on a Sunday morning it wasn't really causing too much grief. But to close roads on residential areas and where businesses are open, absolute minefield. Well, I know, they, I know the number they cost them to close roads for Christchurch Marathon. Mm. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Mm. You know, so it, it does restrict courses. Um, and other than what you do, which is kind of head out of town, just mm. think of anything in races, like road, you know, one thing that, that other things that we haven't really identified is if the event can draw crowds. Mm-hmm. You know, because let's be honest, road, mm-hmm. when you go through that, that what is it, Salih Hill? Solberg Hill. Yeah, Solberg Hill. Um, like that's, that's a life-changing moment. Mm. Well, not life-changing, but life, you know, yeah. rememberable moment. And if the event can do put stuff on with the spectators out there in a really fun way, mm. like, you know, the hot corners and, and Kona, you know, just those little bits that create mm. something different for the athlete and also make it a really fun spectator experience because I know your local events aren't going to necessarily have that, your low-key mm. local events, but, you know, when you are paying for a big-ticket item, mm. part of that is kind of your friends and family coming along and have a good day for them as well. And so those, it's not just for the athletic athlete's experience, it's also for the kind of the whole community's experience. And... um you know, that, those little bits, the hot corners and all that kind of stuff, I think is a really important part as well. Great. Yeah. Okay, this week's discussion is what does racing or does racing in a car racing speedway like Clash or Challenge events appeal to you? Why, why not? And if you've done one, what were they like? Yeah, so a few of you guys in the States will have done them now with Daytona, Miami. Um, so really keen to hear about what the experience was like for you. And also, if you haven't done one but you've seen them, do they actually appeal to you? You go, yeah, I'd rather be out on the open roads and cruising along. I've got to say, sprint maybe, mm-hmm. long course. Well, would you save your opinions till I next know. week? Okay. I, lo- I really want to do it on a long course. Sorry? You really want to do it <laughs> yeah. on a long course. <laughs> anyway, here is the legend that is Cam Brown. Righto, team. I was, uh, I was riding my bike along the other day. I think I was on the mountain bike and I was thinking, 
when I did when I was turned 40, I had a big day on Epic Camp and I just went a bit nuts and did like about 12 or 13, maybe 12 hours of training and quite happy about that. And I'm not I'm a few years away from 50, but I have got a plan for my 50th of uh, doing the length of New Zealand brevet sort of where you mountain bike the length of New Zealand like you guys heard uh, John Hallman's talking a while ago about so I was thinking about that and I thought who else is turning 50 soon and uh, I thought Cameron Brown he was second place I think in the 1992 world champs and the juniors and back in those days juniors was under 20 so I'm thinking he's got to be turning 50 soon and he's still going pretty fast uh, so I was keen to get him on to talk about uh, what he's got planned for the next little period uh, so welcome back to the show Cam. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, it's been a shitty old year for, for Aucklanders. So for non-Kiwi listeners, Auckland's been in lockdown for quite a while, which has completely sucked. So really written off this year for, for a lot of racing um, and quite a bit of training, to be honest, as well. So what's your, what's your plan going forward, Brownie? Because I know that that milestone is coming up. Have, have you got anything on the agenda? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. No, the New Zealand season's... Well, I was, I was hoping to race in three weeks' time, but uh, we're, um, you know, our system, we're going into another traffic-like system. So it's um, under that system, it's we're still in red and uh, we, we any, any races over 100 participants, we can't race. So we're, um, yeah, so that one's gone out the door. So probably the, my first race will be uh, early January. So um, or I'll hopefully do a sprint race down in um, the Mount Maunganui Um so, but I'm, I'm just, I just can't wait to escape Auckland. It's been, uh, we've been locked up in our own city. It's quite, quite hard to imagine that you've been locked up in your own city for, it'll be close to probably 120 days, you know, nearly, you know, four months and um, yeah. just can't wait to get down to Fongmata and my wife to see her, her parents. She hasn't seen her parents for, you know, four to five months. And it's, um, yeah, it's just not, not a nice feeling when you, you know, I've, I've ridden down to the, the southern borders and uh, there's about three or four checkpoints met a few of the policemen and the um, army recruits down there and you know they're all great guys and ha- have a bit of chat to them but uh, it's amazing you know you get down into that border and um, you know that's where I normally go further south if I'm doing a, a big 180k or 200k ride and you know you've got to turn around and head back towards Auckland city so uh, in two more weeks I'll be able to cross that line so uh we're probably probably the uh, next race out of the out of commission. I'll be uh, riding down to Fongmata, which is a 160k ride. So on Wednesday, the 15th of December, I'm getting the hell out of Auckland <laughs> and I'm bolting down to Fongmata, and then I'm going to have a little mini camp down there, and then I'll do a long run down there on the next day, and then a, a ride back the following day, and then and then we'll escape again for um, the summer season. So can't cannot wait. What's your what's your plan sort of you know obviously i'm assuming i'm in new zealand and things like that but beyond that you know um when when do you click over and and do you have any ambitions of doing anything uh crazy for for the big milestone yeah so i'll be 50 on june june the 20th uh, next year so i'm starting the uh the foundations and the, and the planning it's yet yeah, as you said it's been a shitty year and uh, a crappy year for me just with injuries and I did Cairns Ironman and just struggled through that with a hip injury and, and then a calf injury and it took me probably 10 weeks to get over that. So back running, uh, you know, really, really well now and um, yeah, just looking forward to racing. So the build-up's going well and uh, just excited to uh, about the next 12 months and um, as soon as the, the you know, next year happens and the uh, Northern Hemisphere starts cranking up with warm weather, I'll be escaping and heading up the I thought I think I'll go away for four months and the, the big goal really is 
uh, Challenge Roth. Um, it's a race I've done many, many times before and uh, never won it, but a couple of seconds and a third, uh, I think a um, yeah, fourth or something as well. And um, yeah, so it's it's one of those fast races and uh, I've got this sort of mini campaign I'm calling Fast at 50. And uh, I'm going to uh, hopefully, you know, try and get my sponsors some uh, great coverage and try to be the first male professional as a 50-year-old to, to compete and not not just compete, but compete very, very well and, and uh, do, try and do some serious damage. And, you know, I want to get to some very, very fast times, some low eights, you know, um, and that's why I'm heading to Roth because I know it is a, a great fast race and uh, see if we can have a, have a, a pretty epic day there. Um, I will say that uh, the PTO, I love all the stuff the PTO is doing. The website's fantastic. It's got all your results up there. However, it has got you listed as age 23. Um, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Need to yeah. change that date of birth. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what's your, what's your, like, I've seen some of your clips, you know, you, you seem to be doing really well with your, with your social media and you seem to be in really good shape. But, you know, how good a shape are you compared to maybe not your absolute peak, but, you know, you know, if things go well, you know, where, where are you sort of at and where are your times at and stuff? Um, yeah, like the last year was a, a classic example. You know, I was doing some of the best ever runs off the bike. Um, you know, runs off the bike that, uh, you know, after 180K ride, I'd be doing, you know, I did a, one day I did a, um, I think it was an 18K run and the first 10K I went through, I think it was um, 30, 34 minutes um, for the 10K and, you know, just, feeling great, feeling fantastic. And I would have struggled, you know, to do that probably, you know, 15 years before that, you know, in, in my thirties. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. It was just clicking over, you know, really, really well. And, uh, I was, I was looking forward to, you know, a great New Zealand Ironman again, something went wrong with my hips and, uh, I, uh, just absolutely had a crap race out there and, um, struggled to the finish line. And, um, you know, I was had to even, I saw my son out on the side of the road and, pulled off my shoes and uh, told him to, I, I grabbed his ones and, uh, you know, that was a DQ and they disqualified me, but uh, I just wanted to get the finish line. So struggled to the finish line and, and got through it. And then the same thing happened at Cairns. And um, so, yeah, I've sort of changed things around, changed my, my shoe shoes over to, I'm now on ASIC shoes and really enjoying them and loving them. And, um, and just, yeah, I think gone back to a few things that I might've had a few weaknesses in certain areas, you know, as you get older, things start to weaken, your strength goes in, in, in different places. So I've really been trying to, it's been hard in lockdown, you know, not being able to go to the gyms for the last four months, but just doing home gymming and, um, you know, just using those, the bands and a lot of um, swim cords, um, you know, haven't been in the water for, um, or, you know, a swimming pool for, you know, nearly four months. We'll uh, be back in the pool on Friday for the first time. So I'm excited about that. But lucky you know i've been i think i've started the the earliest i've ever done in, in a out in the ocean i think i started swimming in you know early september uh, and it was absolutely freezing yeah we had the i think i had uh, you know uh, all the headgear on um and you know you're just still getting out of the water absolutely freezing now it's just beautiful the water this morning was you know just 20 degrees and stunning conditions out there and it's just a pleasure to be out there now so We've been making the most of the ocean swimming, but I'm looking forward to, you know, you don't say it often, but I'm looking forward to getting back into the uh, the pool and swimming a few uh, few fast 50s and um, seeing, seeing my coach Mark Bone again. And 
it's it's you know it's quite amazing that uh, yeah those gyms and pools have been shut for that long. So uh, you know we've been envious of you guys down south uh, swimming in indoor pools. That's for sure. Kim, Kim, how does your training change? You know, you know, you've been an athlete for so so long, but you know, with the aging, does it need to change? And has it changed? And if so, how has it changed? Yeah, so I've been working with Gordon Walker, who's um, you know coach of Lisa Carrington, the five-time Olympic champion. So um, and he I've won the Gordy. Coast himself, didn't he? Yep, yep, yep. I think three times. So yeah. I've trained with Gordy for many, many years. You know, he was my training partner. As I was getting ready for New Zealand Ironman, he was getting ready for coast to coast. So we, um, you know, we we're, we're really keyed off each other, and he knows a lot about me and how I click and what sort of an athlete I am. So, um, you know, the past couple of years we've been working with him, and it's, I think we've dialed things down, and um, you know, really sort of, as you get older, you have to have to recover better. You know, have more recovery during those hard sessions. So it's you know probably you know before it was I was probably doing three or four hard runs a week and. Now it's probably two, and um, but they, you know, when they are hard, they're hard, and when those easy sessions, they're they're pretty cruisy now. But um, you know, I've, I've dropped the mileage and um, just dropped dropped off that that time out there, and uh, I think the body's coping now, and it's um, it's you know, as I said, I'm, I'm still producing some great results, so it's just trying to look after that body, making sure it's just recovering every week, and. Um, and maintenance on the body that's crucial for me it's uh you know at the moment of sort of having two to three massages a week just to to try and stay on top of little niggles and um that's my own worst enemy if, if you know if you get a niggle at um, my sort of age it takes it can take you know a calf injury can take it is the last one eight to ten weeks to get to come right you know a young person it might be three or four yeah mm. um putting COVID aside you know um pre pre-covid is it still, you know, when, when you're getting in towards the, the twilight of your career and the results are maybe not quite as good as what they were sort of in the, the early 2000s, are you, you know, f- from a professional aspect, are you sort of leaning more on sponsorship earnings and, you know, in those years once you've got a, a bigger brand, you know, the Cam Brown brand um, compared to, you know, getting bonuses from prize money and, and things like that? I mean, how do you kind of structure yourself as, as a business? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You have to have a good, you know, group behind you. And I've been very, very lucky over the, the years to have, you know, fantastic um, sponsors behind me. And um, they are crucial. You know, it's 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 a tough game now. And um, back in the, you know, the early uh, 2000s, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot easier. You know, there's more professionals now. And I think that, yeah, the game has changed for sure. It's, um, it's just tough yaker out there. And I think, um, you know, this you relied on you know your magazines, your your TV coverage, um, newspapers for you know showing you know that that media coverage. But now it's totally changed. Social media is such a game changer, and it's a lot of people you know are good at it, and a lot of people are you know are pretty bad at it. And um, I think as an older athlete, you, you've you've got to you know try and take on the young players and, and it's <laughs> they're pretty good at it but um yeah, yeah you, you do have to um you know i don't like to be on there every day because i think you've got to you've got to make sure people are they're engaged and and um it's not just not the same old you know stuff you know running off the bike and and just another picture of your biking or that you you need that engagement and you've got to keep people um you know wanting to look at you and, and wanting to click on your um, Instagram posts and, and, and seeing what you're doing. And 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different because I am a, an old athlete. You know, I'm not um, in my 20s and 30s. So my engagement is probably to those, uh, you know, older athletes. And, you know, that, that's probably good in, in our sport because Ironman is predominantly, you know, it's that older age group, those, you know, 40, 45 to 50 year olds are, um, you know, a massive part of our sport and um, probably the biggest group in, in, in that. So uh, I, uh, I look to those guys for, um, you know, trying to, trying to inspire them and and, um, and and get the coverage out to them because those are the guys that and girls that um, you know do, do have the uh, the cash to to uh, spend in the sport you know you still seem very motivated which is fascinating considering how long you've been in the sport uh, you know also you know you in the past it was about winning races and you know being a total pro in that way what have you had to accept as you've aged in a way of things you've had to let go of and how have you still stay motivated yeah, I think it's just a love for the sport. You know, I'm very, very passionate about it, and uh, um, I, I think I was very, very lucky in my early years. I never got injured. Um, I've, I've been, <laughs> I've been injured a, a, a quite a lot in the last few years, but um, I, uh, I just, you know, I'd, when I am injured, I just, uh, I just can't wait to get back out there. And, and the, the thing I miss the most is the running. You know, that's the, you know, I just went for a trail run this morning and. I just love being on trails and, um, you know, I, I would have been down south, um, you know, trying to run some, um, you know, just in this preseason mode, trying to trying to run some epic, epic mountains down there, but I've been unable to do that. So I'm looking forward to, you know, I'll be coming down um, South Island in late January. So I'm looking forward to, you know, just going to try and run some peaks that uh, I've never been before and, um, and just get up some, some mountains and, and, uh, and, and just enjoy it. But, I know. I think I just. I've always had goals um, along the way, and that's crucial in our sport. Uh, it's pretty pretty hard to to stay motivated if you don't have the, a, a goal, no matter if it's a big one or a small one. It's got to be, um, and it's got to be achievable. And I've, I've always, you know, made my goals achievable. And uh, I think if you do that, you know, you just keep knocking them off. And um, you know, the, the goals have changed over the last few years. You know, it's it's not about. Winning Ironman New Zealand now, it's probably you know trying to get as close as to the podium or trying to get a a, a super fast time, and um, you know that's um, and yeah because you don't want pressure as an athlete because pressure produces um, you know can sometimes break you. And uh, my goal is just to have as, as much fun as I can, and um, and that's why you know I try and train with good buddies and just have a good laugh out there and and uh, mix it up as much as I can. Do, do, um... As a, would you be the first pro to race at 50? In the male, I know Dee Dee Grusbauer, she just, um, you know, she was yeah. racing last week and Cosmel, you know, had the fastest bikes, but led off the bike. And uh, so, yeah, for males. And, uh, but she's, you know, she's doing incredibly well as a female at the moment. You know, she's 51. And, um, yeah, she was uh, leading the bike ride at uh, Ironman Cosmel. She, you know, faded a little bit in the, in the run, but, um, uh, I'll be the first male to do it. That's for sure. So, um, you know, that, that is, uh, uh, I want to try and, yeah, as I said, try and do some major, have some major goals and try and knock them off and, um, see, see what we can do as an old bastard. Have you got any, um, any iconic races that you haven't done yet that you'd like to tick off, you know, maybe things like Ember man, or is there anything out there that you've still got on your list you really want to go and do as well as doing some fast times? Yeah, yeah, that I mean, yeah, the, the COVID has put a nail on the coffin for those things. But uh, yeah, Ember Man was one of them. Uh, I'm in Penticton. I've um, watched the race, you know, and uh, seen it. And it's one of those iconic races that was 
around in you know the 80s was one of those original sort of five um ironman races around the world you know there was new zealand there was uh, japan canada yeah. germany and um okay. and and i think yeah hawaii and lanzarote you know those five outside of, um outside of hawaii so yeah those that's one or two races that i'd really love to do um yeah i said i really want to get back to roth it just has a lot of history um you know just fantastic um support out there and um yeah it's one of those races that's just um yeah it's a bucket list race i think for any athlete to do are there any races that you've done that you know um that some people might not have necessarily either heard of or might not have it at the top of their bucket list that you would uh highly recommend and not not i mean new zealand but anything sort of outside of new zealand that was was a really really cool event um yeah, I think I always enjoyed um, Alcatraz. That was very, very unique, you know, getting dropped off, you know, a few hundred metres from the, the island, Alcatraz, and then uh, swimming back to shore and then, you know, riding under the Golden Gate Bridge and then, you know, running under it as well. And it was just a, it was just an awesome race. And, you know, trail, most of it was on trails as well. And uh, I think the last time I did it was 1999 and, and Wes Hobson won it. I think I got ran down by Greg Welsh in the last sort of K. He caught me in the last K and... Um, but yeah, that, that was a classic race, just, you know, short course race, but very, very unique. Um, and then, um, oh, probably, probably racing. I was building up for, um, I think it was the year I won, um, the European championships in um, Germany. And I went to this race in Spain, uh, so Roots, it was just on the, um, just down from Baritz in France, probably another hour down the road. And uh, I remember I went to this race and, I had, I think, a 11.25 on the on the rear cassette and um, the, there was this hill in it that, yeah, every every other bastard knew about it, but I didn't because uh, I arrived there the night before and, and uh, it was unique because the, it was a half Ironman. I think it I think it started at three or four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. So people were finishing, you know, near dark and, um, but there was this hill in it, which was absolutely crazy steep and uh i was just zigzag i nearly had to get off the bike to get up it uh, <laughs> i think everyone else had a 30 on their rear cassette and um it was a, yeah i think it was just a 2k 80k 20k um you know just under a half ironman but um yeah crazy crazy event and I just uh, yeah i just remember yeah finishing i think i finished about six o'clock and you know other people were yeah i, I was riding back to the hotel and people were still coming down the uh, finishing line and at nine o'clock at night Jeez. so yeah that was you know that was the norm in, in spain and and that you know you, you had you ate late and you uh, raced late with, with um kona do you do you have a desire like, like how long do you see yourself racing as a pro still and you know, do, do, do you want to make that transition to being an age grouper and going to Kona and winning an age group's champions? Like, what's the kind of trajectory in that way? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go as long as I can as a professional, and I know it's um, coming to the last few years, but uh, I'm just going to keep you know keep ticking over. But yeah, definitely, I'd like to race as a an age grouper, um, probably rather sooner than later, and, and still try and be at that pointy end of the the age group field when I do race it there, and you know. And there's been some, you know, great former pros that, you know, I remember Rob Burrell and, you know, John Hellemans and, um, oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much, King Glar, you know, a lot of uh, professionals have gone on to race, you know, Scott Molina, just to name a few, you know, that have raced Kona as a professional, some of them, you know, 
won as their age groupers and, and some of them didn't, you know, because the, the fields in the age group can be that that classy. So um, it's uh, it just continues to get faster and faster in that. And if you don't stay, stay in the sport, then you um, you definitely, uh, you know, if I had two, two to three years off before I went to an age group, you know, um, race, then you definitely lose it. So that's why I think I've, I've stayed in the game with, um, you know, staying in the sport and keeping keeping in the sport for this long is I'm still continuing to, to, you know, get better and better is, uh, yeah, you just got to stay there and keep pushing the body and keeping up with uh, the um, technology that's keep changing and, and it's making the sport faster. You know, the sport really hasn't progressed in swimming and running, but uh, the biking has just uh, gone exceptionally quick over the last few years. And uh, I remember, you know, the first time I think I won, I'm in New Zealand, you know, I think we were a race, we were probably, I think it might have been when Steve Larson, you know, he rode a 426 and we just thought that was incredibly fast. And uh, yeah. I think I went a, a 440 or something. And, um, you know, now guys are, are riding, you know, 410s down there. So, um, you know, it's incredible. You know, but the aerodynamics, the, the, the everything's carbon fibre on the bike now and it's just it continues to, to just get faster and faster. You know, wisdom, or time gives us wisdom. What do you wish you knew as a, when you're in your peak as an athlete that you've learned in this last period of time? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I wish uh, I could change change a few things, but, um, you know, I think uh, trying to trying to negotiate Hawaii and, and, you know, if I could have raced it as going through a New Zealand summer, I'm sure I uh, could have gone, you know, got that little bit closer um, to that number one spot. And, you know, it was two seconds and two thirds, but it was so hard to try and, you know, train through a new. You know, we've always trained through a New, a new Zealand winter season, and then you'd go up to either um, I'd either go to the Gold Coast or Australia, um, Noosa to train for for Hawaii, but. To, I'd probably uh, probably change things around and, and maybe go somewhere a little bit hotter and. Um, probably stayed in Europe or something a little bit longer. And, and um, you know, it was never quite so hot in those uh, times. And, and, and uh, Gold Coast was, you know, it was up to 25, 26 degrees, but probably should have gone to somewhere that was just a little bit warmer. But you never know. It's uh, you, you did things up there and it uh, didn't matter how, if you're in the best shape of your life, that, that race could still knock you, knock you down. It's just one of those days where if you wake up feeling fantastic, then you're going to go well. You wake up feeling... 90% then, you know, you're going to be, uh, every, or like everyone, you're going to be hurting out there a little bit more. But I, mean, I always remember when Peter Reid, you know, uh, when he won it, and I think we were in the um, uh, in the media room afterwards, and, you know, he said he could have run another 10K when he crossed the finish line. He was, he just felt that good that day, and that's what it, you know, what that's what it took for most people to win that race. Mm, yeah. Awesome. I love all your, your work you've been doing on the social media, but you've, you've influenced a few things for me. Um, I saw a few sites you did when you did your sort of uh, tour of the South um, with, I think, with Stephen Farrell and Mark Watson, and you went to a couple of places that I had never been to, and I actually incorporated a couple of them into our recent Epic camps. So, uh, oh, nice. so you've got a good, you have got a good audience in, in our age bracket at least, uh, and loving what you do, and looking forward to seeing what you can do over summer. So thanks so much for your time. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. And if, just if guys want to follow you, um, you know, uh, is, where are you sort of posting things and what's the best way for them to follow you? 
Uh, yeah, just Cam Brown seventy two on Instagram uh, or, or you know Facebook Cameron Brown triathlete um, or there's two yeah two one, best uh, Cameron Brown Ironman triathlete I think on Facebook is the best one um, the other one's filled up so um, but yeah I try and do everything through my Instagram accounts and um, yeah not not on TikTok at this stage a little bit young <laughs> for me I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe one day <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. awesome yeah love your work thanks yeah. for your time Cam all right hey thanks guys thanks mate we've uh, we've we've kind of doing this before we actually interview cam so i'm sure it was pretty interesting but guys the legend eh? yes still going strong still going strong it's amazing he's still going strong isn't it mm. you know considering how long he's been in the game i mean yeah a he's old <laughs> this uh but b he has been around for a long yeah, we think time athletic age it's, yeah. it's it's 30 years uh it's more than that yeah it's more like 30 it's closer to 40 years uh, 35-ish years because he was he was a very good junior as well. Absolutely sensational. Okay, let's go. Winger of the week. Jumbo, what number am I thinking? I'm going to say nine. Nine. Because the Black Caps were nine down with nine overs to go overnight against India and they drew the match. I was, I, I was looking at it just as I was going to sleep last night and we were three wickets down, 118, going... A really outside chance they could do this, uh, and so it was, I did check when I got up in the morning to go for the, go for my swim. Checked, it's pretty happy to see we managed to hang on for a draw. For, like literally, last batsman for the last nine overs mm. would have been pretty challenging because obviously it was a collapse. Mm. And uh, so well done the black caps. So number nine from last week was he looks like a bit of a, a cyclist rather than a triathlete, but, uh, but judging by he's just done biking, Ivan uh, Rossi. Has he got a trademark on his name? Malu, Malu around world, and he's got a little lizard there, uh, and he's been biking a lot in the snow. He's out on a mountain bike. God, I, I would just wouldn't go riding in the snow. Just one of these guys. He's he's attached to every. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> every yeah, cup that's ever existed on Strava. Like it's still scrolling. I've been scrolling. Oh my god, he's in. Over nearly 420 clubs. Yeah, I'm picking... Uh, he's probably not listening to the show. Well, he's in running clubs as well, so maybe he does a bit of running. We love to run. Anyway, um, he is your... What he's, do got you private, private, he's got a private profile, uh. so I can't really give you too much more than that, other than he's cranking out some pretty decent training. He's mountain biked this week. He's in the Kids of the 80s Club. Let's pick out, pick out one more. Oh, uh, um, um, 23. 23. Yep. Ben Fowl. Oh, good old Ben Fowl. He did 14 hours and 42 minutes of training, 4 hours, 45 minutes of biking, and 7 hours, 45 minutes of running. Uh, so, so no swimming there. He's from Singletown, Western Australia. I wonder if you're racing Ironman Western Australia this weekend. Got some beautiful photos of his running routes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he lives in Perth. And let's have a look at his stats. The last four weeks, he's been crikey dick. Eight runs per week, average. Uh, that's pretty solid. Um, average six rides per week. And yeah, dipping in his toe in for a little bit of swim, averaging one swim per week for the last four weeks. Good news is he's, he's only in like eight clubs. That's so good. It's much wiser. Uh, his longest bike ride, 201 kilometers. And when did he do that? Hasn't been up any big mountains, only 700 and... Biggest climb, 274 metres. My goodness. 
It's as big as climb. Very, uh, you live in a flat area. It was in Perth. And you haven't been outside of that. Yeah. There so. you go. Okay, Ben Fowl, you are right. our winger, winger of the week. week. John Swimset, what did you do? What did we do this morning? We swam a 600-meter warm-up doing 200 free, 100 IM, twice through. Then we did a 200, which was 25 build-up, 25 easy. And then our first little main set was 200 moderately hard, 100 hard, 50 very hard. And we did that three times through. Almost had a bit of mutiny. Because I accidentally wrote 50 easy, not 50 very hard. Yeah. And they said, oh, I'm, I'm going easy. The program says easy. I said, no. Well, hey, no, you're not. It's not their fault. Yeah. You had uh, one job. So we did that little set. Then we did a 200 meters easy, doing 25 meters backstroke, 25 meters freestyle. And then the last little set we did was four by 200, which was a building 200. So it was like 50 easy, 50 steady, 50 moderate, 50 hard. Did that four times through, and then we finished with a 400 ascending. So that's starting fast for the first 100, and then each 100 after that easing off. So the last sort of 100 to 200 is your warm down, and that was about 3.3 Ks. Good times. Sounds like it. Epic Camp Light's coming up in Kona. Are you, it is. Are you doing it, are you? Well, that's the plan. Last week, we got the old announcement in New Zealand, for, and they said from next year, we can start travelling again. A few restrictions in place, but from... April next year we're back training back travelling so planning on having the Epic Camp Light in Kona so if you're keen to jump on board um, get in touch it is an awesome camp the race is actually sold out um, for the 70.3 but I have some slots for it so if you're keen to come on camp do the race it's an amazing week it's an amazing race get in touch and we will get the ball rolling Good times, rock and roll. Okay, let's say a big thank you to our patrons. You can go first, Jumbo. Jonathan the Ringer Pike. Got Iona. Um, she was my flatmate. Yeah. A roommate. Good old the Snow Trooper McKenzie. And Phil the Big Brown Whitehead. Good stuff. You want to become a patron, go to www.imtalk.me. Go through the process. You support the boys. Want to get some cool gifts and prizes. Uh, more importantly, you support what we do. Uh, also, if you want to get your email to you down at the bottom of the front page, put your information in. For some coaching, go to coachjohnnewson.com. For my podcast, I released a podcast yesterday, a really good interview with a, about aging and keeping fit, which is really good. Uh, BevanJamesOz.com, cool websites, age group of the week, high fives, anything like that. I am talk podcast at gmail.com. John, your goss. We had the Pack and Save Triathlon Festival at the weekend, the return of Andrea Hewitt, back so racing. So that was cool. She's I saw you gave someone shit on Instagram. Oh, Tyrone. He, yeah, so there was a, we had a, a, elite, a very small elite super sprint draft legal race. So it was a 300-meter swim, 10K bike, 3.4K run. How many people were doing it? Uh, we only had about 15 or so okay. in that. In that. Yep. And it was boys and girls. So they were allowed to draft off each other. Um, and so the, the girls were, were good. There was Andrea and there was a girl from the North Island and uh, Sarah McClure. And they're all good swimmers. So Tyrone, I think, was by himself a bit on the bike and then got caught by somebody dragged some of the, the females up to him. And then he got smoked by Andrea on the run. Um, but they all did very well. Hopefully, we she, As an athlete, what's she doing now? Is she just kind of recreational? Andrea, no, she's getting back into it. Oh, I mean, okay. I haven't and sat down and had a talk to her, but uh, no, she's she's back into it. And and try to be a pro again? Well, yeah, I think so. Um, so Did she ever think going long? Sorry? No, she's not. not she's done um, one or two half Ironmans. Um, How'd she go? Um, reasonably well. Uh, she did Singapore uh, 70.3, and she got second behind... 
who was the uh, James Carnamar's wife, Jodie Swallow, I think. She got second behind her. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it was good times. The weather was rubbish at the weekend, um, but that pretty much dominated my week, getting ready for that race and pulling it off and kind of worked. Bit of a palaver with all the COVID sort of stuff going on, but most people were pretty good. And that was that. You didn't have to vaccine passports. What do you I do the next race. So what are you doing there? When they register? Or? Yep, they just get a little wristband, so it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, as I said, I've just got to, I've got to be trying to keep a, a chill pill and a very handy uh, regularly at the moment. Why is that? Are you, are you on edge, are you? I'm, I'm just a Don't bit like, push me because I'm close to the edge. When people try to <clears throat> express their opinions over facts, I get pretty frustrated right now. You can probably guess what that might be around. Uh, so in New Zealand, we've got a... a, a there's, everything's changing and you've got to be vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you're pretty much not going to be able to do much really at all. Yeah, no. You can go it, to the supermarket. They've mandated a lot of jobs and even so like um, health education jobs, but even a lot of industries are starting to mandate. Mm. Um, and so people are losing their jobs, which mm. is mind-blowing when you think about it. And then also you, you just, you're going to be limited and if, you, and if you're not vaccinated. Now, New Zealand, our vaccination rates really, I think we're 94 first and 85 seconds, so we're doing really well. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I've got a bit of a... A short fuse on some things at the moment, but I'm working on it. At least I'm aware of it, and I'm. I wouldn't say I've got an action plan, but I'm trying to take a chill pill from time to time. Breathe but some this. people are going to get the wrath of me oh, really? on email when they just start spouting things that just are not true. There we go, Bevan. What's been happening for you? It's a, it's a hard argument to have. Isn't it? I had someone who, who kind of came at me, not came at me, but just disagreed. And the argument was just really unintelligent, <laughs> and and I and and as someone who actually is kind of a friend, um, and you, you kind of felt like going, "Can I show you why your argument's really poor?" <laughs> but I was, and then you know, I said, "Hey, let's agree to disagree," because it's like, "Can I be bothered having a fight?" You yeah. know, like it's it's such a tough time. Um, John, what's well, we went to Hamner. We had a good week in Hamner. Yes, Hamner's such a good place to go to, isn't it? Great. Spent a day at the pools, even. Oh my god! I don't like the pools normally because it's no. kind of. I'm not a big in the hot pools, no. but I tell you what: if you go there during the weekday, mm-hmm. no one's there. Mm-hmm. So you know, a few people are there. Yeah, and so you go down to the grass area, mm-hmm. do a few laps. I did 20 laps of the pool. Nice, big swim, thousand me. meters. Well, that's what feeling it the next yeah. day. <laughs> I don't know if it was a thousand meters. Is it 25 meters? It's 25 meter pool. Oh, there you go. Surprise myself. Mm. Um, and then uh, what else? Just read a few books. Sorry, you did 500 metres. Yeah. Yeah, not 1,000. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll oh, take 1,000. My maths not very good yeah, there. Yeah, I'll take 1,000. What else has been happening? Not really. The nice thing about having a holiday at this time of year is you're close to having another holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my exciting thing. Christmas is coming. Yeah. Criteria for you. Mm-hmm. Wanaka for me. Good times. Hard life. Other that job, just taking over. Cool. Right, we're going to go into the interview Cam Brown, and you guys will have already heard it. It's the magic of podcasting. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia car.